The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Rap. In the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, This is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to the... Uh, what is it? November twenty fifth edition. November twenty fifth, sir. Yep. I my, my calendar disappeared on the bottom of my um computer, but November twenty fifth edition of One Nation Radio. I am your host, Rich Ladder here, of course, with my co host James Boy. James, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. Um I missed Starcade, but hopefully you'll fill me in on um on the good stuff. Yeah, it, it was a you know decent event. It wasn't really. It was you know an hour long, edited down. Uh, they had a lot of other stuff that did not uh, get aired, which I would have enjoyed seeing air. Yeah. Um, you know, just a just a regular standard show. Uh, good good way to spend a Sunday night if you you have an hour to to watch. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them do more things like that. You know, I think they did a little too much talking for me, but, you know, ultimately one of them set up a match. Uh, Actually, both of them ended up setting up matches. But, um, yeah, we got a solid, like, 12-minute cage match with Styles and Joe. Nothing crazy, probably like a three, three and a quarter. Um, You know, Joe, of course, taps out and all that. But let's we'll we'll start at the top, and I've got some of the results that I'm going to focus on here. Um. So in the stuff that we did not see, uh, or at first, excuse me, they opened with Elias in the ring uh, playing, you know, his concert. And he brought out Ric Flair, of course, uh, because Ric Flair is synonymous with Starcade. He headlined, I want to say, at least nine of them uh, from matches against Harley Race, Sting, um, uh, Eric Bischoff, <laughs> which is like strangely kind of fun. Dusty Rhodes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, lots of Lex Luger, I believe, as well. So, um, you know, Flair was out, you know, dressed fresh to death as always. And, you know, he was in there talking about, uh, you know, he's always wanted to walk with Elias. And then the women came out and interrupted him. So, and by the women, I mean Nia Jax, Tamina, Alicia Fox, and Mickey James said they were here to walk with Elias too. Nia Jax got a whole bunch of booze. Uh, she was trying to sing uh, and, and, you know, sang terribly on purpose, which was pretty funny. Um Flair just had this look in his eyes like he was, you know, talking about all the ladies that wanted to walk with Elias. He looked like he was trying to induct a couple new members of Space Mountain. You should have seen how he was uh, looking at Mickey James. 
Um, you said Tamina, Naya, Alicia Fox, and Mickey James, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got a bunch of jokes, but I'm going to save them. They're, yep. they're not appropriate, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave it alone. Yep. So um, they basically got into a whole deal. Um, and, and, you know, singing and all that, Elias basically was like, yeah, this ain't exactly going to work. They got interrupted by Sasha Banks' music. She came out there with the good guy team of Ember Moon, Sasha, Bailey, and Dana Brooke. Uh, and that broke into an eight-woman tag. And, you know, a decent match. Sasha ended up getting the submission win over Alicia Fox. Uh, and, you know, she looked like a goddamn star, as always. Of course, she won the gear battle, uh, probably followed by Alicia. Um, and, you know, it was a decent uh, opener. I, I think they were put there uh, on the show to give it some type of raw presence. That was the only Monday Night Raw stuff that we got um, pretty much tonight. After that, uh, to the untelevised portion, uh, they had a match between Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre, which did not make air. Uh, probably for you know various reasons. Um, let me see if I can get that result. Yeah, he uh, McIntyre went over in about ten minutes with a Claymore kick. Uh, Balor got a pretty good reaction, which is said to be the most overface on the first half of the show. Uh, Ziggler was out there interfering and you know doing whatever, so we might get that McIntyre and Balor program that uh, everyone was talking about. Um, Wait, so. Um- Based on what happened at the show last night, was the non-televised stuff on first, and then they went, and then they decided to air the stuff on the second half of the show, or was it the the stuff that got aired was the first half of the show? So it was like kind of like split up. So you know, the opener of the show was actually Elias and the women's match. From huh. there, it, it goes in order, and then what they showed was like different parts of the show because they okay. left. You'll see as we go through it. Um, yeah. Why do you think they did it like that? Because normally, when there's dark show or there's dark stuff uh, at, on the end of SmackDown or, or whatever else, you know, it's on the end, tacked on the end of the night. Why do you think they did it this way? Um, I, I think they just played it like their regular card and figured that they would just put together what they wanted to in editing. And one thing that was really cool was like when they cut out to bring something else back in, it was getting started right away. So. <laughs> Uh, we didn't really have to wait for them to mess around. No backstage um, shenanigans with R-Truth or Stephanie? Nope, not not on this night. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, speaking of R-Truth, um, <laughs> we got to cut in with this. So somehow, I don't know who decided to tweet this out, but James saw it as well. If y'all have not seen it, it is absolutely hilarious. So someone decided to tweet R-Truth's opening vignette for like when he was being introduced to the company in like 2008 and he looked like he, he was walking through his neighborhood and he's in North. He's I'm from North Kakalaki essentially. And talking about how rough it was and the life that he used to lead. And then it was kind of like the 2000s version of making a difference. Fatu. Like, what did you think of this James? <laughs> I thought, well, I didn't think of it like that until you just mentioned it. But I'll I say more lines like this is almost like, um, like the Smoky Mountain wrestling stuff with, with like uh, with New like Jack. with New Jack and, and the gangsters, and then they're just like oh, going through these yeah. neighborhoods except like 
you know, the gangsters wasn't about no positivity. It was just about being gangsters, you know? Yes. Uh, our troop was almost like, you know, I went in, I'm getting out. It's almost like, uh, you know, it, it was, it was almost like a PSA, like some, like some, it, it just like, you know, got to get, do the right thing, get your life together. And I'm trying to do this and that third. And then meanwhile, like, while I was like in, in, in the in the pen and I, now that, I'm not, I'm I'm back on these streets and I'm dancing. Yes. <laughs> Just so ridiculous. Boy, I don't know what they were doing, but y'all have to find it. It's hilarious. It's in 2008. I'm not sure like the month or anything, but I'm sure you can like Google R Truth opening vignette or something, and it will pop up. And this is just pure comedy uh, at its purest form. But um, back to Starcade. So um, after that, the B team defeated the Revival. Uh, the Raw tag team division continues to be an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, Curtis Axel pinned Dash Wilder with a sunset flip. Uh, SmackDown was on there after that. Cesaro and Sheamus defeated the New Day to retain their titles in about eight minutes. Sheamus hit the brogue kick, and it was said to be a comedy match. Uh, after that, uh, Baron Corbin issued an open challenge uh, since Braun Strowman you know, isn't, wasn't on the card. That was who he was supposed to wrestle. And, you know, Strowman has the elbow injury. So he issues an open challenge, and none other than Bray Wyatt um, answered him, who hasn't been seen in months. So Wyatt answered him, and, you know, he got a really big reaction. The news was all over Twitter last night. And um, Bray Wyatt was a babyface still, which is good. Uh, He doesn't need to be a heel anymore because it doesn't work. Let's just, (laughs) without digging up our um, long memories here of Bray Wyatt's uh, run on One Nation Radio, which we've covered essentially from the beginning, uh, saying that some ain't right. Yeah, nothing. nobody ever gets over in a Bray Wyatt feud when he's a hill. Yes, include. Yeah. And then, you know, um, he we ended up getting Bray Wyatt versus Baron Corbin. Uh, Corbin was doing a lot of stalling and they had about a five minute match. Uh, Wyatt won with a roll up, which is disheartening uh, that they wouldn't even let him beat him with his finish. But uh, Corbin reordered the match uh, to be started as a no DQ and then brought out Ziggler McIntyre. after that, Bray Wyatt then defeated uh, Baron Corbin in the no DQ match because Elias and Balor made the save. And then Wyatt ended up hitting Corbin with the sister Abigail. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, you know, weird, all that. Uh, after that, Charlotte and Asuka, a WrestleMania 34 rematch. So, <laughs> match of WrestleMania 34. Yeah. Um, they had a, they were said to have a good match. They won about 10 minutes in a babyface match, so they have no idea what they're actually doing with Charlotte. Uh, so I don't, it, the, the weird stuff continues. They don't know whether they want to make her rip off Becky Lynch. They don't know whether she's a heel. They don't know whether she's beating up good guys by herself. This is weird. Um, well, good thing there are no such things as babyfaces and heels anymore these, this day and age. Yeah. Um, after that, uh, you know, they embraced and everything like that. Uh, speaking of bracing and <laughs> Ray Mysterio was out next with Shinsuke Nakamura on Miz TV. Ray Mysterio just had a similar thing happen to him. Um, you know, as far as like with the neck pulmonization, the way he got beat down by Randy Orton, uh, after SmackDown or at the end of SmackDown, he put Ray's neck 
hit inside the steel chair and banged it off the post. So he came out with a neck brace on. So immediately I was like, wow, he's less tough than Ronda Rousey, who just 24 hours before that was pilmanized and then showed up smiling like it was all good. And, you know, she had a couple welts, but that wasn't going to stop her. So James has been going in on the Ronda Rousey jokes uh, all weekend. <laughs> I don't I can't remember last time there was something that they did that was just like. This isn't a matter of opinion. You made everything on your show not make like why should I care about anything on your show if you're doing that? Like what what was so important for you to have to pilmanize her for you to then like have her walk it off, show up the next day, to cut a promo with with what was supposed to be a crushed fucking uh a voice box in Trachea and then wrestle. Like she can't be on TV, she can't be off TV for a week. A week, yeah, yes, it's um, and then and then after they do that, basically, if you're just watching Raw or you're watching Survivor Series and you're watching Raw, basically they shot two injury angles, and they're la and they're and three basically from the semi main event with Rousey to the main event with us with uh Daniel Bryan to the opening of the Raw show, you had. Three segments, I'm sorry, yeah, two segments that were injury angles, one after the other, basically. With one, one segment in between. And one of them, the first one, you basically said, oh, it's, it's all bullshit. You showed us it's all bullshit. And then you expect us to give, actually give a fuck about Braun Strowman's like, elbow. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah, um, they, they made it really hard for us to feel like anything means anything. Um, but let's see, we had a couple comments. Um, Samoa, or excuse me, Miguel said a pretty good show. Uh, Simon said Samoa Joe is Dolph Ziggler. Um, <laughs> uh, Miguel said this brought back memories of Sunday Night Heat. Uh, so Samoa Joe is like AJ Styles' uh, Ember Moon, my personal oh, job. You come like you come to me, and I and I every single time because he's tapped out to him three times in a row now, right? I didn't watch the Crown Jewel match, so if that was a submission, that would be yes. Yes, yes, he tapped out of Crown Jewel. Jesus, that calf pressure ain't no joke. That calf pressure ain't no game, apparently. So, um, Simon says, "Yeah, go ahead." AJ Styles would have made Brock Lesnar tap out. Dude, the way this is going now, shit. Um, so Simon says, technically, this is AJ's first main event since Clash of Champions, and he's not even the champ anymore. Uh, he did main event fast lane, uh, Simon. I don't know if you knew that, but I, I, I totally get you because it's been so long since fast lane, you could easily forget. Um, <laughs> well, well, no, this isn't a real pay per view, so I'm, 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 I'm still saving it. So. But just wait till we get to TLC when they're the main event. Him and Brian are the main event of TLC. You're gonna be like, oh, so now he gets to be the main event. Now he's not the fucking champion. Are you serious? I, I, I hope he. I hope they're the main event. And the best part about it is now that Dank or, or the world is not a, the best part about it is it, it, because you know what happened with um Roman. But now that Roman is is on this is you know off to care for his own health, AJ is the top merch seller in the company. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that'll be emphasized at all. So he's the top guy now. 
merch wise and all the shit they always talk about with you know, like you're the top guy because you sell most merch and da 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 da. So he's the top guy right now by far and away. And they took the belt off him the second he became the top guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. On TV, oh. not for not for not you know as a payoff to whatever else. Like literally right before like you know one of the five or six biggest shows of the year, he decided to take the ball off them. Like nah, we we need that back. And then sideline them, so he's not even on the show. He's not even on the team smack now. He's just like just home. Like I wonder if there's an injury. I, I kind of am wondering, but apparently not because he just he just wrestled. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's a schedule. I heard there was a request for him to drop the title coming up soon from AJ, but um, I, I know he's got a you know, he's a subject of some contract rumors, and we're going to get to that later with uh, all elite wrestling. Oh, but, yeah, it's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, it is coming up. Um, been three years, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so after that, um, uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, and Nakamura got into it after you know, Miz was instigating of course uh mrs Batten being a huge show uh nakamura and ray mysterio uh had a match after about two minutes ms grabbed mysterio they whoop ray's ass essentially until rusev ran out so we got ray mysterio and rusev uh taking on nakamura and the Miz. that went about five minutes and uh there was a 619 and a masha kick on ms uh and they got the pin big rusev day chance uh real quick they showed um, some highlights of Sting and Flair uh, to the crowd from 89 while the cage got put up. So in our main event of the evening on the network, we got AJ Styles and Samoa Joe uh, about 12 minutes. Uh, Styles uh, put on the hold. Samoa Joe tried to get the referee to break it. But, of course, there's no rules. So him getting to the ropes didn't matter. And he just tapped out. Um, after that. This is a main event we did not see. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title in a steel cage match. Said to be a great match. Went about 20 minutes. Crowd was hot for both guys, uh, especially Ambrose because the show was in his hometown. Uh, so I don't think Dean Ambrose got any type of heat off of that Roman Reigns line <laughs> that he said where Roman Reigns has to deal with the Lord. Um, yeah, none of that. Uh, so they said they used a cage a lot. There was a kendo stick. Ambrose is begging off like a heel. Rollins ended up getting the victory. And I saw this on Twitter. Like he slid down up just to the side of the door. So it was Ambrose was trying to come out the door. Rollins kicked it shut and jumped down. Uh, interesting that they didn't go with that match. So maybe they're trying to protect that for TLC. Uh, but yeah, that was Starcade. I mean, someone said this was like a really big flex for WWE to just make Starcade a random house show that they showed. Uh, and then something you brought to my attention, James, I thought it was really interesting and petty of WWE. Oh, you want me to explain it? Yeah. Oh, so there's like a convention of a, of a bunch of different old timers. Um, Russellcade. Yeah. Russellcade. Russellcade is, I don't know if it's a thing where it was always in North Carolina, but Last year was in North Carolina, and WWE decided to book a Starcade and put it in the same the same town, same area, whatever else, and basically made people choose like, do you want to, you know, spend your money and go meet some of the old timers? Do you want to go watch whatever WWE pulls from out of the draws for a house show? Yeah. Um. So I don't know if it's a traveling thing where it moves year to year to year because you know, like, 
uh, back during like the Georgia during the Georgia Championship Wrestling days, like they actually had a following in Ohio, a big one. So mm-hmm. they, they used to actually have shows in Ohio because um, of uh, basically if they came about um, getting so much family, they decided to run um, some some A shows in Ohio in the 80s and the 70s. So anyway, um, so they decided to do it in Ohio this year, and then next thing you know, like Starcade was announced like in the last like month or so. In Cincinnati, what what a what a coincidence! Yeah. So you know it's <laughs> petty, but it's it also a bunch of guys that like that are trying to get you know getting some money off of that use that have all you know who knows how many people have worked for Vince that are that are going to be at this convention and they did still did this. It's like it's weird, really weird. It's not yeah. like they're, they're trying to get TV. It's not like they're running a Fed. Like they're just doing a convention there. Yeah, just petty. This is just all around, just like y'all don't need to compete with them. Like, what are you doing? So when when you know we 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 talk about WWE signing all the people literally up in the world to try to prevent anything, this is like awesome. This is on that tree of them trying to squash all fires before they become blazes, no matter how big or small they are. If you have TV, they want in. Well, or if you have any type of money being made, they want in. It's yeah, like they're like, like, like they're Noriega and they're out here like tripping over some eight balls being moved. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like this is like, this is just overkill. Yeah, like you can't own everything. It's not even healthy for you to own everything. They oh, man, I think they know that. Like they don't know that. So, um, got a question from Miguel. He said, "Have you seen Rhonda on Instagram crying?" I did see that, uh, where she was basically pondering how much time she got away from home. Uh, in WWE, she was showing her boyfriend the bruises that uh, you know were a part of the beatdown from Charlotte, and this is when she was talking about the turkeys that she harvested and all that. And then, of course, you know Becky gave her that work. What is this yeah. from? Is this from like a show that I'm unaware of, or is this actually on Instagram? So Rhonda actually has a YouTube channel uh, in association with her website, and okay. she did like a two part Thanksgiving Q and A, and she was just had the camera on. Uh, her husband was recording her, and she was just talking to him, and then she just broke down crying in the middle of it, talking about you know her being gone and all this other stuff, and it was just like weird. <laughs> so, and then after that, she was talking about like harvesting the turkeys and giving them a good life before Thanksgiving and everything like that. So it was you know it was it was a little weird, but I I recommend checking it out. You know, she gave you a little something that she was like you know uh, talking about. Um. Let me see what else we got here. But yeah, that was that was Starcade. Um I I feel like it's gonna get bigger and this is gonna be a part of their renewed initiative to beef up the house shows and use kind of like the network for things that I would think they would do. Like they're running the cameras anyway there, right? So it's like air some of that stuff. Like I think this is like this create creates more value for the network and you know, that would help with their, you know, they're always after like watch hours. Like if you throw like a random hour up, just you could do this literally every night of the week if you wanted. Yeah. I have a question. Can you go th- or can you go through that list and then like give me like the how many baby faces won on the card? 
Sure. So um, Seth Rollins won, so that's one. AJ Styles won. Rusev and, and Rey Mysterio won. Uh, Charlotte won. Bray Wyatt won. They were all baby faces. Um, Drew McIntyre won, which is a heel. B team defeated the revival. They were faces, and the faces women went over. So yeah, this house show. Everyone with McIntyre won. Yeah, that that sounds like that would would actually like never happen in WWE, like on TV. So they do the house shows and send you home happy. Yeah, I mean, doing this TV. It's nah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Good moments. What are those? Yeah, um, yeah, man. So uh, next thing I want to talk about today, um, Lars Sullivan. So <laughs> this gentleman has been—he's <sighs> been all in the news on Twitter. If you have not heard about it, um, a lot of the big sites aren't reporting it yet, but kind of like some of the aggregators are all over this, uh, like PW Stream. Uh, ringside news, different stuff like that. And they've uncovered some like Lars Sullivan posts for to like bodybuilding.com. Of course, he has a couple of pseudonyms that he was posting under, like disenfranchised or you know, a couple of different ones, doesn't really matter. But they trace all these posts back to him, and they are literally about everything under the sun. They're ones about black people there are ones about uh rape there are ones about you know him fucking ronda rousey supposedly back in the day there's one about stephanie there's one about stephanie mcmahon uh is for lower class people uh he called jeff hardy a junkie like he this man was raw and uncut yeah one of those um, like something like a junkie that can't really wrestle or something like that yeah and, and he, he was uh talking about uh you know, some African Americans want a piece of pity pie, and immigrants just want free stuff. Uh, and there are more. And I was told by uh, the guy that runs the Ringside News that they haven't kicked the door open to half of what is to come from this thing. So take that how you want it. But this is I, a lot of people are, you know call in and be like, wow, what the fuck is going to happen to Lars? What do you think? Is this going to, like, why is this coming out now? And all that. Of course, that's the defense. Like, why did they do this when he was in NXT? It's like, it doesn't really matter when they did it. It was going to happen. So, <laughs> um, he, and he would be more likely to, to get cut if they were in NXT rather than if he was on the main roster because they would have invested in him to a certain point. Um, but the Stephanie stuff is really bad. The Ronda stuff is really bad. Um, he's got a lot of stuff he's got to essentially apologize for and all that. But for me, this is like, this is different from the Hogan thing. This is a pure internet culture kind of thing that I think we're all trying to figure out as, you know, the basically the kids of the the first like real kind of have a computer in your house era like age into you know being who they are mm-hmm. you know and those those things are getting uncovered like we're gonna have like well obviously we have a president now you can pull up his old tweets about stuff he says but we're gonna have a president that's like our age right right now james and i are like around you know 30 or whatever we're gonna like in the next five to ten years 
there's going to be like presidents or, you know, other people that they're going to be going back and like, yeah, what were they tweeting as a 16 year old? And this is like a thing that's like, we're all start, still trying to figure out. Um, I had a, a guy um, that, you know, has followed me for a while on Twitter, uh, you know, reach out and ask what I thought about it. It was like, you know, the, the deal with Lars essentially like he was like WWE has to fire him. Right. Like he can't survive all that. I was like, well, not really. Like they don't have to per se, because you know, they've demonstrated that their leash is like much longer than people saying things on, you know, Twitter. Lars definitely has to have a great public apology. Like when I say a great public apology, I think the best public apology you can possibly have and everything like that. But he he still got to take his lumps as far as like all the jokes, people going in on him, like that's going to happen. But in, but he, he can survive this. Like, what do you think about all that? Like, should they like be looking at getting rid of him or is this a, like a learning moment? Oh boy. Okay. So uh, just to, just to start back even further than that, uh, you said that, um, you think there's going to be a president, um, that's, you know, roughly our age when we get to that point, you know, next, you know, 25 or 10 to 25 years um, that <laughs> that is going to have this kind of stuff deal on on their like Internet history thing or social media or whatever else. Like, well, mm-hmm. maybe because, you know, maybe maybe like that's where we that's where we're headed. Now that we have Trump, there might be something beyond Trump and we just have you know, more wild shit. But if it ever comes back t- towards like uh, less ma- less chaotic, um, more uh, I don't want to say respectable, um, more in pocket. That's the best way. <laughs> more in pocket, less off the wall stuff. Then, like these people, like professional politicians, already have that handled and taken care of. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, before they even get to that certain level, like. You're not even supposed to be able to make it to like being a to like a, a, a house senator, you know, uh, with that with that kind of stuff in your internet history. Let alone make it up to a president. So I mean, uh, hopefully we get more back to where we were before 2015 with the craziness with Trump. Um, but right. but moving on forward as far as the Lars stuff, um, I think Lars, uh, I think Lars isn't doesn't have to be fired. Um, do I want to be fired? Not necessarily. Um, do I think he needs to apologize for the shit that, that, you know, the shit that is attached to him? If it actually is in fact him, well, damn right. Um, now given WWE and their history, when it comes to apologies for this sort of thing, like he can get away with the old, Oh, I was young, blah, 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 blah. I said this mm-hmm. and I've grown. And then I have to give it not explain how he's grown and how, and how he feels now today compared to then, which, which is basically is like makes your apology uh, purposeless or useless. Um, but that, but there's some very bare minimum motherfuckers, so that so I can imagine them to let that they'll let it go. So that's kind of where we are. Um, only thing I mean, I, I can imagine it could affect his push once he gets there because it's like you you just got here, I don't even know you, and you're now you're causing me a headache. I can see mm-hmm. Vince like roll his eyes at him and you know, whatever, but I mean, we'll see. 
Yeah, I, I think he's got to definitely make it right with like before he even like starts talking to the fans and everything like that. He's definitely got to make it right within the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, you know, I, I, like carrying Jeff Hardy's bag for a month or something like that. How about this? Like, like Lars shows up on one random episode of Monday Night Raw, and then all of a sudden uh, Stephanie shows up right behind him, and and then a mask lays him immediately, <laughs> slaps him. Oh my god! <laughs> Give him a slap. <laughs> like, look, can you? I mean, we would all think like, oh, they're burying this dude or whatever, but like, then you'd be like, well. Are they, or is this how they normally how they treat everybody any any damn way? They yeah. just like they just yeah. they just have expedited the process of him eventually getting slapped. Right, right, yeah. So I I, I think you know this is something <clears throat> like you know I'm sure there are folks that are like yeah he needs to be fired and all that stuff, but like everybody's like you know I, I think this is something we're all still learning about. So um, for me, it's totally different than a Hogan situation where he was busted on a sex tape, you know, being an overt racist and yeah, all that. This is a little bit different. And, you know, he, he definitely has some problematic shit in there that he's talking about. It's very vulgar and all that, but I don't think it's anything he can't come back from. Um, and this can't happen going forward. Like yeah, this has to be is, in the line. Yeah, another thing is like, given what we know about, or given what we know about some of the politics of the people that own the company, like it ain't too far different from what we think Vince or anybody else uh, that runs that company necessarily thinks, or too far right. out of the realm of that possibility of them being like, oh, hold on now, slow down, slow down, nah. Uh, so you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, uh, last thing I want to talk about today was uh, the all, all Elite Wrestling. Um, these trademarks that have been uh, filed by, uh, you know, a group basically using the address of the Jacksonville Jaguars football team. Uh, they filed a bunch of trademarks uh, last week. I, I think my favorite part about the all all elite wrestling story and the trademarks kind of stuff is that like the address is literally like connected to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like y'all, Bro, like y'all, y'all, were, y'all were the worst goddamn crooks I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. It's like, they ain't even try, bro. Not at all. Not at all. If they was trying to keep this a secret, that was a terrible job doing that. Yes. Uh, because they, that's literally the smoking gun. Like, so, um, as I'm getting the Facebook live back up, uh, if you guys are watching this video, please hit us with a thumbs up or a like. Um, you know what that remind, last remind me of somebody just like, wait a second, bro. Like y- y'all hustle, like your hustle game is all fucked up, right? Last time mm-hmm. was when uh, Pay Man had the HGH uh, that was that was named under his wife's name that was sent to the house. It's like, dude, come on, man, like. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying you took HGH or not, Peyton. All I'm saying is when when you what is your wife's oh your wife's name is coming to your house, that shit looks fucking terrible. Yes. You gotta do better than this. Like you can't send that shit to Cooper. You can't send that shit to Cooper and Cooper sends it to you. Right. You know, Cooper ain't doing nothing. You know. Nothing at all. <laughs> So, so, uh, but you know, back to the story here. Uh, so. Uh, you know, normally trademark filings, they don't really have much to do with anything, but of course the elite name is linked to it. And that's owned by uh, Kenny Omega and the young bucks. Um, 
and Double or Nothing was said to be the name of the second all-in. And, of course, they're talking about doing a holiday uh, show second quarter Vegas 2019. Ultimately, this is going to come down to if these guys are able to get TV or some type of major streaming product with like an ESPN uh, 3 or whatever their app is uh, or, you know, anyone that wants to have wrestling. I From, you know, me, the thing about this is where they could actually see some success is the trickle down effect of other networks saying, Hey, since Fox is handing out a billion dollars, wrestling must be this hot commodity. And of course, you know, they've got, uh, you know, the, the drawing, you know, of all in, which was a big success this year. They've got the merchandising with the young bucks and there are at least a couple stations. I think that might be willing to, you know, gamble on something like that. One being an ESPN two being Turner three, like a WGN America. And then there's of course, you know, still other channels, um, you know, that would like to, you know, do something, but I would love, you know, I, I would love nothing more than AEW to become the new WCW and to have two major league promotions in America uh, for as big as Ring of Honor is. And, you know, Sinclair hasn't really shown a commitment to them to, you know, make them bigger than what they are. And I was talking about this with Josh. Uh, Ring of Honor is at a point where whether they have to figure out if they're going to be a small, big company or a big, small company. So <laughs> it's like they got to figure it out. So and the thing is, you know, with wrestlers and, you know, the way these guys are on the move, just telling them they're only going to be at a certain level. I don't think that's going to fly for a lot of them. Like that's obviously not flying with the elite because they're like, well, why don't we go start our own shit? Like we clearly like have the context. We have the, the capital. Now all they need pretty much is the TV deal. James, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where, uh, all of this sounds good, but like I don't want to get my hopes up. So, and also like I kind of want to see these dudes. Like I watch, I feel like I watch enough fucking wrestling as it is. Like I don't feel like I need to watch another show. So like, so it's me selfishly, like I want them to either stay their asses where they're at or like come to WWE. And like this other thing doesn't really help me. This only like means there's more, even more wrestling. And now that there's gonna have they're gonna have takeovers for 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 NXT UK. I now they like pick up from like where I left off on like the, the second episode of, of NXT UK. So like I mean, woe is me. I guess so. I have to watch more wrestling, right? But yeah, same. Right, but I mean, <laughs> it, it does suck when you like you're trying to watch, you know, like non fake sports, <laughs> and other stuff too, and have a life, but. Um, for me, anyway, like putting this aside is like I'm trying to figure out like what venues are they, do they have it if they even have that in place like what venues they have in mind like I heard stuff about like they want to do house shows I'm like why do you even what's the purpose of even doing house shows at this at this juncture other than just to do them like if you have the TV worry focus on the TV and then like worry about like trying to work at places where you know there's gonna be towns or, that, that you can actually draw you know whatever many you need to do your television um, or your tapings or whatever they're going to do. Um, if they even, we even get to that point, like who knows if like Vince decides, all right, Adam, you know, um, Hangman, here's $5 million a year. What you going to do now? Yeah. So I think, 
the only thing they throw that off with them not wanting to upset the structure, like, and that's like a big thing from the last time they had a bunch of talent on the outside of WWE. Um, they didn't want to upset the structure, the pay structure, but you know they can literally afford everyone if they want them. But right. I, I think this is going to be really interesting with All Elite because it creates a situation where they have working relationships with New Japan, Ring Honor, CMLL, uh, RevPro, Impact, and. The thing for me, I feel like, is yes, you're worried about a salary about upsetting the, the pay scale, but you if you get these guys, when's your next fight coming? Yeah, the, we're we're at a this is a turning point in the business. You you joked uh, off air that this is like the decision of wrestling. Yeah, right. Um, I forgot I even said that, but like for me, it's like all right, if you get the elite and all the other. People around the lead or whatever else that they want to do the all for one, one for all musketeer shit. Um, if you get all of them signed, then like the the expansion of New Japan into the to the West um, slows up. Ring, Ring of Honor, TNA, MLW, all of that shit will all basically fall by the not fall by the wayside, but all that shit will be will be damaged significantly in compared to. Um, where they're you know where they've grown and, and Ring of Honor had like their biggest amount of growth in like you know ever, and that's based off the strength of you have the Young Bucks and Cody there, and you can also get you know Kenny Omega on the card for whatever. Like we were there in New Orleans, like and you saw you saw the merchandise that was there. Like how many were buying like you know Kenny or um or uh, Kenny or, or those Team Kenny shits, um thinking that those were actually about Kenny Omega, right? Like how many Silas Young uh, shirts that you see out there, right? So for me, it's like, yeah, I understand you don't want to set your pay scale, but like, unless you're worried about AJ Styles, who's now forty something years old, going out there and doing it all over again, or Nakamura, who you've basically flattened, um, and also you know moved to move his whole family to America, doesn't seem like seem like he's going to re up regardless, like. What else is the next battle like, and when would that be coming that you can see a hit over? You can see over this above, the, like to the horizon. Like, what's next on the horizon? Past, you know, this is it this for at least year. A, this is it for at least a couple years because, that, like, that's my point. Need to like build up their names to get to the point where these guys are that's right now. So, if you, my point is, if you throw out that money now, if you're WWE, you throw out that money now, you're worried about your pay scale. Thing is. Like knowing how you book these guys, whatever else, once you're paying out of money, like once you get these guys and you fuck off with every single one of them, they're not going to be nearly as hot as they as they are right now compared to three years from now. So they can go out there and run a little, try and run a little fed. Then they'll all be old and like, and, you know, big Matt, you know, the big bout, big bout Kenny will be like, oh, okay, he's he's the second. Like he's like this is my main event for 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 the company now in New Japan. Like four years from now, like so for me is like. You can take advantage if your whole thing is world domination, then that's what you do. You go out there and you overpay them or whatever else to make sure they don't get the shit off the ground. And you ruin all the careers on the way, and then and then you hold people put them on ice for the rest of their life if they if they if they, they want to get uppity about it. And then you and then you keep running your little monopoly because that's the best cruel calculated business it always been. Am I wrong? I, I think that's what the WWE should do, but I don't think these. I think these guys shouldn't be going full ahead with all elite wrestling because the but more options, not, right? 
but that but also like okay, me and you both want them to run both at well, in some circumstances want there to be a secondary competition for for WWE so they can actually unfuck themselves creatively and like give people what they want as opposed to ultimately like trying to serve so many masters that they rarely ever serve anyone. Right. Um. On the main roster, anyway. So if they so. I would for me realistically, I'm thinking like that's not that's not something that is gonna be something that that's actually gonna um I've lost my train of thought, but basically what I'm saying was um if they get in the way of this, this is the it this is it for a long time. So you might as well just get over with a, for a long time so you don't have any competition because y'all y'all don't want competition, period. Y'all are showing over and over and over y'all want competition. So go ahead and spend that money and you know, either make you know make the best out of the situation with all of the money you spent, or don't because you did the same thing with Del Rio. So it moved <laughs> on, right? So yeah, man. I think um, I think the elite has a special opportunity that not a lot of wrestlers have, and this is a make or break moment in pretty much this decade, essentially. Like all the any led to this like it's like well do is it gonna stay this way or are you gonna try to like set up some shit that could be here forever and if if you're that you've had all this like type of success if you're the young bucks if you're cody if you're omega doing it your way on some diy shit why would you want to hand that over and i don't i don't think they do and i think this is potentially like the next thing so i hope it happens i hope it's very successful i hope they get a tv deal and of course like for me when i grew up there were two great wrestling companies in america it's wwe and wcw like <laughs> or wwf and wcw and you know i don't know if all elite wrestling could can be WCW because obviously they're going to need, you know, they're going to need young talent. They're going to need to develop their own like kind of pipeline of, of people. But I think they're off to a, like a good start, like with the working relationships, because that's like the thing that's going to make fans like that are already down with all elite wrestling. Like, basically it's like rare attractions like if we can see dudes from cmll like we're gonna fuck with that if we can see you know dream matches we're gonna fuck with that and as best as i know like omega and the bucks like they're not gonna come out there and waste these matches and in ways that oh well we gave it to you right like where you know they run daniel bryan and brock lesnar's both of them heels no they're gonna make that shit as good as they can fucking make it like and we have like all in as proof yeah, like, and the thing for me that also brings me back to just overpay the guys and just have them is that, all right, if you were to go pay um, Nick, Matt, Kenny, and Cody, I don't know, whatever the amount, whatever random amount per year you would say, give me a give me a random number that you think it would take to get them. I would say like five million dollars, or I would say like probably like three million dollars on the downside. Peace. So yeah. twelve million dollars a year for them, right? That's right. a relatively okay. small investment. So compared to you having to go pay, like if they do start up the sh- start up, to compare to having to go pay um, Chris Jericho, uh, uh, the or uh, Penta, Ray, 
Joey Ryan, uh, SCU, you know, uh, Jordan Grace, Tessa Blanchard, all these other people that you have to do to get those people. Like, it would, end up, it would probably end up somewhere around that price anyway. So you think they should? So, so you think they should like just pick everyone else off? No, what I'm saying is, if the, if if, you, if people are uh, like your point was earlier about like paying that amount of money to steep prices, just get four guys. Like, well, the alternative is they start the, the Fed, and then like what's going to happen is you go down the line playing like their chess, you know, playing the chessboard. After they start start up the company, they're the WWE is immediately going to start signing all these guys, all these other guys that will possibly potentially be. It's already happening. Whatever. Right, but it would be even more. So the point is, like, is you might you think of the amount of money that will cost them just to do that, they may as well just go ahead and pay Kenny that Kenny and them that money and and just go ahead and just cut the cut it off at the pass right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I really would like the I really would like the idea of another wrestling fed, but I feel like that's a lot of. That's not. I mean, this this turns into a you know five or a, a five, ten, fifteen year thing or whatever else, and turns into all of a sudden these guys aren't wrestlers anymore. Now they're like just the booking committee and and everything else to trying to make this thing go back and forth. If we get if we even get down to this path as far as like trying to go back and forth and run the, and try to run a competitive um, or not competitive but a a, um, a product capable of uh, matching what. Matching someone on the national level or going national besides uh, um, WWE, like I, I mean, I don't know, man. Like it's all really interesting and 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 cool to talk about, but like there's so much more stuff that has to come ahead before we even get to that point. It's almost feel like we're just like we're really out in front of our skis on this one. Yeah. So the next two months, that's going to be a big talking point for what is to come. Um, let me check the comments to see. Uh, looks like we just had people joining us here. Uh, um, let me see what we got. But, yeah, man, I think that's pretty much all that uh, we have this week <laughs> for One Nation Radio. Um, hold on one second. This page, stay on this page yeah but um yeah make sure you guys check out all the rest of the shows here on the social suplex podcast network of course uh we host one nation radio over the weekends there's the outsider's edge with ransom carl and kyle uh we also have uh keeping it strong style who will have their awards um show coming up soon i believe i will be on that as well uh grown man watch this shit and the Ricky and Clive wrestling show. So shouts out to Ricky and Clive. We were supposed to be on there uh, last week, but we're going to figure that out uh, in the coming weeks. James, you got anything to add before we roll up out of here? Not too much. I'm over here terrified of um, Aaron Rodgers when there's only like three minutes left in the game and we're up by uh, two scores. Well, I mean, he is Aaron Rodgers, so uh, you might as well just keep watching. So. And as he says that, he just like a like a forty yard, like not a touchdown, but forty yards, like change field position. Yeah. So best believe. <laughs> but anyway, that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we are out of here. Peace. Later. Thank you for listening to One Nation Radio. We'll see you next time.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.